Welcome to Caribbean Millennials. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Caribbean Millennials podcast. We're on episode 101. You know, we've broken 100. We're climbing now, guys. So We popped that three-digit ter- cherry. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. And today we have a special guest with us. Anushka, please introduce our guest. All right. So on this week's episode, we have Janice Leonard, who is a licensed professional counselor associate and soon-to-be sex-certified sex therapist. She also has additional training or will have additional training in sexual assault advocacy. Uh, Janice currently provides counseling services to children, adolescents, and adults in the DFW area. And she sees clients with mental health needs around relationships, sexuality, mood mood disorder, stress management, first-generation immigrant identities, and more. How we found Janice, however, is through her uh, page at her sexual space on Instagram. But Janice now is part of the podcast family and has her sexual space podcast where she interviews uh, professionals and sexually liberated women about all kinds of sex topics. Welcome to the podcast, Janice. Thank you so much for having me. It is it is a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so how was everyone's week? Janice, how was your week? My week was, oh, it was a really productive week. Yeah, okay. I feel like I knocked off a lot this week. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm still in that, you know, just, just knocking things off. But it was okay. a really productive week. You have that high from that productive week. So, you know, you're trying to just squeeze out that extra <laughs> week. Yes, I think that's what it is. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Thanks for asking. How was your week? This week was weird, man. Um, well, one on the good side, we it started off with episode one hundred, all the positivity, like good stuff, and then we got vaccinated, which was also Yay. like good stuff as well. Oh, um, finally! I know, right? No superpowers yet. They come in, trust me. (laughs) I don't know, like, but kind of within that, I was also having an extremely hard, difficult look at week. So it's like my sleep schedule was way off. So then even kind of when I took the vaccine, I didn't know if the tiredness and stuff was side effects from the vaccine or like just me having that kind of weird week um but i guess all good here i i mean vernon will even see there was one night i was up working at like 1 30 a.m just like trying to get stuff done um so it was it was just kind of one of those so i was just really using this weekend to try and reset and find my zen you know you were resetting and finding your zen yes that's what you've been doing Yes. That's how you reset and find your zen. Okay. Is that judgment I hear in your voice? Sounds like it. That's confusion. Because <laughs> <laughs> the person I saw running around the house the past two days, that looked like someone finding their zen and resetting. Mm-hmm. But That's not what I saw on social media. 
<laughs> what did I do on social media? You that, so that was the early morning zen. That's what the yoga. <laughs> but then after that, like it feel like you know it was like a whirlwind. Like I'm watering plants. I'm out here I'm vacuuming. I'm Right, yeah, place. well, I had to I had to stage down my office area there, and then I I couldn't stage the whole house because you would have told me something. So I was, you know, clean the whole house. Okay. <laughs> um, Danny, how was your week? <laughs> oh, my week was um, hectic, but it ended really well. Um, okay. Started off with end of term grading, and then slowly progressed into vacation mode. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, okay. Nice, nice, nice. So yeah, it's all in all it's uh we'll, we'll put this one in the wind column. <laughs> nice. Good, good. Good to know. Uh, well, my week was a week, you know. Vaccine. My wife sabotaged me some glass, so I have some and glass whatever. in my foot right now. All right. Uh, it's been there for like 3 days going. I've been trying to get it out, but not successful. So I've come to terms with the fact that I will live out the rest of my days with glass in my foot. Uh, with that being said. <laughs> so um, should we start calling you glass man? <laughs> let's wait to see if it manifests any superpowers for me. So does that mean you're totally breakable? You're... <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so, so that jokes now huh okay cool all right now that's where we're going yeah, very fragile right <laughs> wow even you too janice get him janice get him <laughs> i'm making sure um, they handle you with care that's all oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my god i love that one so um Anushka, let's get it going all right so janice before we get into it and start asking you all of the sex questions and all that kind of steamy ones yeah um tell us about your story and what has led you to where you are now right and Mm -hmm. i guess just a little bit more about sex therapy and and what a sex therapist does like sometimes when i think about sex therapy i think about the things you see in the media where they've always portrayed the sex therapist as this wild wacky you know woman who gives people exercises and is like totally like liberated and and all of that like i i think in meet the forkers or something mm. the the mother yeah, yeah, yeah the mother yeah, and yeah. then i think there's that is it on netflix sex education where the, the oh, mom yeah. in that is, is also a sex therapist, sex therapist. Yeah. um so i mean crush our sex therapist um visions or, 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 <laughs> or prove them right one or the other yeah so i think there is some truth to some of that but you know you all you mostly see that in a middle-aged type woman right or or man whatever um but but sex therapy it's a modality it's it's a psychotherapy um we are talking with clients openly about um, sex as it relates to their mental and, and physical health. And before I go into it, I just want to say that uh, sexual health, how we define that is a state of physical, emotional, mental, and social well-being in relation to sexuality. It is not merely the absence of disease, dysfunction, or infirmity. Uh, sexual health requires a positive and respectful approach to sexuality and sexual relationships, um, as well as the possibility of having pleasurable and safe sexual experiences through 
free from coercion, discrimination, and violence. So for sexual health to be attained and maintain the sexual rights of all persons must be respected, protected, and fulfilled. And and that is just the overall, you know, we like to put that out there because sometimes people think of sex therapy as, um, you know, they, they, they think maybe like you just described, like maybe the mechanics, but we have mm-hmm. taken into consideration the emotional, mental health, being safety, all of those things. Um, so for me, my fascination started with um, healthy relationships. Um, I did groups, I did individual counseling on relationships, and I wanted people to feel okay talking about sex and intimacy. And I, for some reason, I've always had that comfort level um, with talking about sex. I'm probably the one friend that will always ask about, you know, how are things in that area? Like, do you, you know, is it, you know, think, are things good? Like, are you satisfied? And not because, you know, I am, I was just so like wanting to know people's business, but I want to know that you're in a relationship where you're not, your, your needs are being met. Right. And as friends, I don't know if you all talk to your friends about these things, but that was me. Um, and I thought in addition to, to counseling and therapy, um, I would get this additional training, um, so that when these things pop up in my office, Mm -hmm. I can handle it with care, right? I want to be able, and some people, they see two therapists, one for maybe anxiety and depression, and then they go somewhere else for sex, um, conversations. And I think that's unfair. I think if someone is coming to our office to work with us, we need to be trained to handle what they're bringing, um, into Mm -hmm. the office, um, and obviously there is a need, right? I saw that we were raised, there was a, there was a focus on, you know, te- teenage pregnancy, STIs, STDs, um, sexual violence, but there was no talk about pleasure and how to go about sex in a healthy way. And the thing about it is the, the sex is happening. People will do it. They'll probably reserve their virginity and do anal sex, oral sex, but either way they are having sex, you know? So um, my platform and what I've decided to do. And honestly, all the things I share about, they're not things that I do. Um, but being a sex therapist and sex positive, it means that you you don't discriminate. You know, whatever people's yums are, that's what the yums are, right? <laughs> yeah, so I put the information out there and I want to provide a safe space for people to be like, yeah, oh, this is how I do this. This is how... I maybe do anal sex in a safe way, or this is how I do oral sex without feeling um, insecure about what I'm doing, right? So I think that's, you know, that's a need I've identified. And yeah, that's where my platform came from. I know quite a few um, individuals, uh, let's say, uh, growing up that had that mindset that if you don't do it in the um, vagina, then it doesn't count. And yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> and they live by that by that rule. So mm-hmm. that's very interesting, especially some of the more conservative um, based families. Yeah. That's yeah. very interesting. Mm-hmm. No, but, but Janice made a good point here in that, like, growing up, you we notice that is talk about you know teenage pregnancy and stis and and yeah. but no one's talking about sex in the the context of pleasure and they 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 make it seem like sex is not happening but if sex wasn't happening we wouldn't be talking about teenage pregnancies and yeah, stis like, exactly. you, know, you you said that and i literally heard a song from like my school days playing in my head and the lyrics were abstain abstain no more juke juke again <laughs> 
<laughs> oh Lord, refrain, refrain. Pafelko, Pafelko. Yes, okay. I remember that one. <laughs> wow. That was Jason Joseph, right? I don't even the know. Bachelor. Yes, the Bachelor. Yes, yeah, yeah, Bachelor. Yeah, Bachelor. <laughs> wow. Right? You know, and uh, but I guess I don't know. It feels interesting because as I'll take kids loosely, right? But I, when we were younger, right? Yeah. Um, we obviously had those sex coming of age, like sexual exploration or like encounter type experiences. Mm-hmm. And there was like an aspect. I, I'd be interested to hear from the guys, but I do think like for there, there is like a inherent gender bias, right? Where for guys, it's like, yeah, sexuality, yeah, conquer, like, you know, that kind of thing. And for girls, there's a bit of a, like, shame, right? Because mm-hmm. I remember um, growing up in the Caribbean, you know, they'd call a girl a rat or a loose or or that thing, wow, you know? No, but for true, Rachel, like, Rachel. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. No, no. What you are saying is true. You know, is a, a bias. But, but she's not doing the act by herself, herself right? Exactly. But and the guy, who but the guy the, is given a badge of honor, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think even just based on on that upbringing, quote unquote, that um um it 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 puts us in different places. You know, when we talk about sexual liberation right that it's mm-hmm. almost encouraged and expected for men and no wonder girls and women have a difficult time you know maybe being as open so yeah. um I, I, here's my thing and and correct me if you if you think i'm wrong with my my thinking here because i believe a lot of these these issues and these things it stems from when children first learn about sex or how they're taught about sex because mm-hmm. In the Caribbean, when we hear about sex, either in something like a religious knowledge class or when our parents giving us the quote-unquote birds and the bees conversation. I don't even which, remember well, having that talk. So that's what I was about to say. Granted, uh, my parents never gave me any birds and the bees talk. It was more just don't get anybody daughter pregnant kind mm-hmm. of thing. So mm-hmm. it's like our parents or the parents need to do better or or the way they talk about sex is to evolve and they need to understand that children will, people will have sex. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to basically give them the right education and make it so yeah. that you don't make them feel ashamed, um, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like even when guys get, if they get the talk from their parents, it's probably different from the talk that girls would get mm-hmm. from yeah. their parents. Yeah, because I mean, I, oh, I cannot imagine, you know, even... And I don't know, like, sorry, like, I just feel like the shame and fear right now thinking of myself as a teenager saying, mom, you know, I lost my virginity, you know, like, that would be like, <gasps> lock up, throw in a key, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. Lock up, throw in a key and kill the boy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, but Lock I him guess... in a dungeon and torture him <laughs> for the rest of life and then force but... him to marry. yeah but i mean oh i mean even as you say that to danny like force them to marry right like even that happening and that has happened to a lot of people and you know it's not i mean some people maybe came out okay but a lot of people had you know 
horrible marriages and situations mm-hmm. as a result of that. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up one thing and then we'll start dissecting uh, what we're all talking about here, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, um, <laughs> my, brother and sister-in-law my brother and his wife shared a, a video um or, or shared a story that their son who's now um <laughs> two was like sebastian has a penis mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. and um they were explaining uh, and the mom my sister-in-law had to explain to him that because at first he said mommy has a penis or something something Mm -hmm. like that and she's like no no mommy doesn't have a penis mommy has a vulva and he was like mind blown that mommy was different from him and daddy Mm -hmm. and she was saying you know they felt the need to teach him the word because he knew the name for every body part except for that right Mm -hmm. um so i think that was interesting even just the conversation about body parts you know and stuff like that like when do you start that conversation and it has a proper name because Mm -hmm. when we were growing up i remember saying your private parts right and even the fact that it's given the term private part right Yeah. yeah so yeah that was going to be my first question like you know when do you think we should be having these conversations or educating oh. children on these things. and or, or what does, like, what does the, I know there's no one right way, but what mm-hmm. does the better way, yeah, you yeah. know, look yeah, because, like? Well, I, yeah, I, so I, it looks, go ahead. Go ahead, Janice. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, because I was just saying, it looks like your your sister-in-law, their approach is amazing. And that's what I admire. And, and I do advocate for sex-positive parenting. Um, so I think that's where it starts. And even as a baby, as you change your diaper, you want, because they're going to grab those parts anyway. Like they show images of babies masturbating in, in utero, right? They're touching it. It's, it's something fun. It, you know, for them, that's what it is. So even like as you start changing the baby's diapers and say, this is your penis, you know, and you can even get them excited about, you know, when you're ready to change the diaper, that's when they get to touch their penis again. Um, But those are like really good things and teaching the proper names because I have to do that too. I have two boys and of course the toddler, he's always following me to the bathroom. So I'm constantly have to correct. I'm constantly correcting him like, hey, this is mommy's vulva. Mommy does not have a penis. Um, sometimes he even calls it a butt. I don't know why he calls it a butt. <laughs> like this is, about, you know, and I think it's fun to teach them that. And I think the fear is we think they'll go to school and, and like call out mm-hmm. somebody else's vulva. But I think the proper way to go about it is, and the non-shameful way is by teaching mm-hmm. them the right words for their bodies. And that way they grow to build, um, you know, just body positivity, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. I think your sister-in-law approach is amazing. And I like that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. So then I, I have another question for you, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think this, well, it's not another question. It's more, I mean, how do you think it should go about? Because I believe like this should be like an ongoing conversation. You it have. should. Like, yeah. it's, not, mm-hmm. it's not a one-time thing mm-hmm. because yeah, you tell an eight-year-old, you, you're helping a, a, a toddler or someone differentiate the part, but when they hit 13, 14, mm-hmm. it's not about differentiating the part. It's now, it's, it's a different topic, yeah. a different like, kind of conversation. I, mean, I also feel like a lot of parents also hide the fact that they as parents have sex. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> 
So, you know, like I cannot think of, um, like in my mind, I'm like, when does it, when, when would it happen? When does it happen? <laughs> I you mean, know? you know when it happens. <laughs> you know, but even like, should parents even be so bold faced as to, mom, dad, why was your doll lock last night? Because mom and daddy were having sex, <laughs> like, you know. Oh boy. Yeah, I think there are ways you can. You know, say, in the Caribbean, that'll be a mind your business. <laughs> and the thing about it is, like, I mean, if your bedrooms are close to your parents' bedrooms, you've probably heard them a few times, right? You know, because I know for me, I heard that and honestly left me feeling confused. Right <laughs> Janice, I wish you could see Anushka's face right now. I was talking like, about my the, parents don't have sex. The shock of terror <laughs> on her face, like, oh my god. <laughs> And that's a lot of us because we don't want to think that they're still doing it, right? We we have that that thing, but um, yeah. If if you've heard them, you know they're doing it, you know. And I don't, because for me, because when we we're, because I have an eleven year old, he and I, my youngest, they're nine years apart, so he knew we were trying to have a baby. So we we're very open about, yeah, we you know we we had sex and then we are pregnant, and you know we were pretty open about that. Um, we invite him if you have any questions you can you can ask us you know and going back to the body positive thing I think having that open dialogue from young so as they get older it's easy to talk about so as my son was growing I would check in with him like how is your body changing what's going on um do you have any questions for me how are you feeling about yourself and things are changing for them all the time um, I mean for boys is that waking up with erections, you know, and he would tell me how uncomfortable that is. Um, and just to make sure we're meeting all of his needs because he's a growing boy. And I think for some parents, they really struggle with those conversations. And I think going back to what you needed when you were that age or the support mm-hmm. you wish you had and being that for your child. I think it's also interesting about like you bringing up that he was a boy because the, or he is a boy is that, um, a lot of times you find like parents defer like the sexual education and certain mm. things like that to the parents of the same gender, yeah. right? Mm. And then, you know, what happens if you're a single mother or a single father? Like, are yeah. you even approaching those conversations? <laughs> Do you have a more of a hesitancy, you know, yeah. than the child? But um, I wanted to get into something of, I mean, we kind of spoke about you know upbringing right mm-hmm. like and and kids today and how you provide better sex education and yeah. you know like better informed you know from the parents perspective mm-hmm. but like one of the things you mentioned was um sexual health and you kind it's kind of like just the description of health right like it's mm-hmm. a very broad dis- description where mm-hmm. you know someone may think somebody will go to sex therapy or is sexually unhealthy if they um you know like they have something like premature ejaculation mm-hmm. or like they cannot have an orgasm or um yeah. or you know like or had some kind of trauma or something yeah. like that right mm-hmm. but that's not ne- like because you didn't go through something like that doesn't necessarily mean that you're sexually healthy right Mm -hmm. it's kind of like um 
like kind of like our conversation with Daniel a couple of weeks ago, like it could be like what other non-communicable diseases that are like mm-hmm. silent killers that, you know, but yeah. for sex, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. is, so, I mean, like what's the equivalent of high cholesterol and high blood pressure for like for sex. sexual <laughs> health, right? Like what... Because pineapples. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Not enough pineapples. You y'all get what I'm saying though, right? Like, cause I'm sure there are things because maybe we don't talk about we may talk about sex with our friends, but we don't go mm-hmm. into the nitty-gritty of when he does this, it makes me feel XYZ yeah. or mm-hmm. I'm insecure about XYZ, XYZ yeah. or um, I feel shame when, you know, XYZ, you know, like yeah. th- those kinds of things. So what I guess are common or not like thought about sexual quote unquote issues that mm-hmm. are, you know, yeah, so anxiety is a big one for both men and women. And and for men, um, on my, my latest podcast I did for men, uh, we talked about how anxiety shows up. Because as you mentioned, uh, premature ejaculation or delayed ejaculation, all those things are tied up in anxiety, whether it's performance anxiety or just how you feel with yourself, you know, whatever issues you might have with your body that you're not comfortable with. And um, for women, you know, because of, like you said, the lack of education that we receive and the lack of sex positive engagement in our communities, um, we feel some shame. And sometimes that shows up in the bedroom where maybe we, we, um, we're not in touch with our bodies. We're not connected with our partner. We might be there, but our mind is somewhere else or um, even for some people who struggle to have sex with the light on or women who might have never had an orgasm. I mean, that's real. Like there are some women who have never had an orgasm or they've never even touched themselves. They don't even know what would get them there. Um, Quite so a, a few. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these things come come up. And I mean, we have people with um, in alternate relationship styles. So we also look at those things. Um, kink, BDSM, I mean, for people who who engage in kink and BDSM, you might really struggle with a therapist that knows nothing about that. They might see it as, you know, some type of response to trauma or abuse. Um, so those are things that often come up. And of course, health, we always look at underlying issues. Um, you know, diabetes is a factor. Like you talked about high cholesterol, all those things affect um, libido and arousal and um, just like the, in context with the environment. I mean, if, if you don't feel safe within your home or in your relationship, I mean, your desire for sex might really um, decrease, you know, there are lots of things coming up and it's really client specific. Um, a lot of times it's not always, sex is not always the first and foremost issue, but as you start mm-hmm. talking with a client, you realize that there are underlying issues there. Yeah. I think another thing that came up mentally, but um, I don't think you mentioned is like, what we use sex for Mm. yes right like because um you know like some people may use sex as like a coping mechanism or a stress Mm -hmm. relief or whatever and like don't actually care about the like sex or intimate or like emotional connection of of that like 
at all. And I'm sure there are all kinds of, you know, different like variants to that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So understanding why do you have sex? You know, and I wonder if you want to answer that. <laughs> why do you have sex? <laughs> What comes up for you when someone asks that question? Why do you have sex? Because <laughs> it feels good. Oh, <laughs> that's such a nice answer. Uh, Danny, why do you have sex? I think you should go next for them. <laughs> for pleasure. For the same thing, for pleasure. Yeah. I mean, granted. No, mm-hmm. granted, sometimes it can be a good stress. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you just need to like... Yeah. You have some like pent up, you know, you you stressed out from the weekend, you know, you have a little session and you know, mm-hmm. you feel that you you feel that, like you know, release. Mm-hmm. That connection too, and that, that excitement. Yeah. yeah. Even if you just now have sex to connect, what happens? <laughs> always. Always. What I miss you always. Yeah. It's it's like plugging in a network cable, you know. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just Your start, audience will be really off. thankful for that visual. <laughs> you know, you know when you plug in the Ethernet cable and lights just start going off, like just, oh, oh, yes. there's yes. a connection here, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Connected. <laughs> Adani, why do you have sex? Um, well, other than for my personal pleasure, I really like giving someone that personal pleasure as well. Mm-hmm. Like in my sex game, I really like to focus on the other person because I think like if both parties focus on the other, then nobody loses. Yeah. Mm. I like that. Yeah. And I wonder because you you talk about being so in tune with your partner, do you ask questions? Do you make sure that yeah, your understanding pleases them? Oh yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. You know, you you ask like even put the questions into like little games, like you know. Like, you know, like we play this, like, hey, I'm going to ask this question and then you're going to answer and then you can ask me a question and then go back and forth and then eventually get to that point. Um, so, yeah, you find out, you ask, you take notes, mm-hmm. you know. Nothing worse than you ask someone and they're like, well, you're going to have to find out. I don't think yes. you're going to Yes, I think that is so much <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what? Like we're adults now. Okay? It's a mind not... games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just so <laughs> you don't know, and let's get over with. <laughs> and that's yeah. an opportunity too to be like, you know what? Spend a night exploring yourself. And as I think exactly. about that, it reminds me of Bridgerton when he yeah. asked her to touch yourself. I really love that episode. You remember that? <laughs> he asked her to yeah. like. Go touch yourself, whatever, and like she would report back. I can't remember how that went, but <laughs> I think homework. right. And I think if if someone tells you they don't know, that could be you could invite them to to do that. You know, go spend some time with yourself and and tell me tomorrow when we see what you liked. You know, that's okay. Yeah, I think especially in our region, many women just don't know and they're not sure, but. Mm-hmm. They rather they rather make you find out for yourself than to say that they don't know. Yeah. So that's that kind of 
well, I'm not telling you because you're a grown man, so you can find out for yourself, <laughs> kind of thing, you know. Or like you should know, type of thing. Yeah, like, it's not. The and I've never everyone, masturbated, yeah. you know, because you know, yeah, real sh- women don't masturbate. Yeah, and there's shame and, associated yeah. with that. Yeah, real women yeah. don't masturbate and whatever. And, real women and my don't thing get is, head. <laughs> yeah, and it feeds into the idea that sex is something that happens to us, especially as women. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you shouldn't be assertive. If you're assertive, mm-hmm. that might make you look like you you know, just this wild person. But I think um, it really feeds into that idea that it just happens to us. Like we just, (laughs) we just accept what we get, right? Vernon, did you just say put some bass in your voice? Assert yourself. Take it by force if you have to. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true. It's like, okay, because I guarantee you it's not men alone who sit there and think about sex. And Mm -hmm. then besides, you know what, I go to approach my 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 significant other for us to have sex women probably think about it but they probably don't approach so it's like if you think about it and in that moment you want it go and take what you want <laughs> am i wrong in what i'm saying go and ask for what you want maybe <laughs> i mean yes. 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 yes 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 that's what important. i'm saying when yes. i say take what you want i don't mean like yes. you know like you know but you know, another thing, whatever, I'll, I'll expose myself because when I go and try and take what I want, nah, to nah, nah. and he does slap my hand away. No, is a people. is, you know, it's like it's like I walk in the cashews and somebody like try and roll on me to rob me type thing. Like, so you don't like rough play? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I I don't know. I like, think he's afraid of it. No, no, no. Uh, oh. whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I mean, whoa. we've never been rough, so I I can't really speak to that one. But I mean, Anushka, why are you making gestures like you're going to hit me? I'm not the one that going to say how oh, you wow. know. Because <laughs> she she making the gestures, but I know if it came down to it, she be the one saying how oh, like maybe that's too rough. Who said anything about? Well, that's why you have safe words. Anything. Who said anything Listen, about you? You heard that? Who said anything about me doing? It's she'd be the one doing this stuff. Okay. Well, my safe word is mint. Okay. Mint. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, mint. Cool mint. Um, but I guess to that topic, right? Like, how do people feel safe, especially like people just in general, but even taking into mind the Caribbean background and Caribbean yeah. society, right? Mm-hmm. How do you feel safe exploring your sexual boundaries yeah. and, and limitations, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in many islands and stuff. Um I don't I don't know for all, but I know, you know, sex toys are um illegal yeah, like mm-hmm. that is crazy to me that sex toys it are is. illegal right i mean i mean also it's like the small island society as well like okay so like what if you want some like lube or you know like where do you i i know there are like underground stores and whatever but like the fact that it has to be underground, underground or the fact that yes. you have to like um order things online you know all the time um like that kind of takes away of like the spontaneity right yeah, so yeah. there's a store up here oh sarah's secret there's a <laughs> there's a store up here sarah's secret mm-hmm. and they're like billboards at like random places or you yeah. just 
you know, randomly say Sarah's secret. And, you know, mm. there have been times when I just say, you want to go in Sarah's secret, man, right? And that's just like a spontaneous little thing of like what we could find or want to try or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like there's so much judgment, you know. In the Caribbean. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. you know what? And that really goes back to just how real, how much religion plays mm-hmm. into. Oh, yes. Yeah, in, in, into all of that. Right, because I don't know, and I know it's happened. It happens underground because I've spoken to some people who have a supply for these things, you know, <laughs> and and that's what it has to come to. People have to find ways to sneak those things into the island. Janice has the hookup. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Someone was just showing me the new toy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I hate that. I hate that because women can please themselves without having to. You know, to end up in in those types of relationships where sometimes that is the only thing they're getting out of it, you know, and I think that really sucks. That really sucks. No, but Anushka, you asked a question and I mean, I wouldn't, it's not even, how can I word it? Because she asked a very good question and it made me wonder, like, Mm -hmm. how do people, let's say, you break up with someone and you start dating someone new. How do people get comfortable being able to share? Let's say, let's say the person has become sexually liberated. They know mm-hmm. what they like. They know what they want. How do yeah. you become comfortable sharing that with the next person who comes along? That, yeah, so stuff I think like that because maybe you into something mm-hmm. that the other person is not used to or they've never experienced. How how do you get yourself in a comfort, confident enough to you know share that with that person? That you, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, as you you know you figure out you like this person, you feel comfortable with them. Um, so starting to talk about your beliefs around sex, and then even um, kind of doing a little bit of you know sexuality check in, like you know, hey, this is this is what is off limits for me. This is what I might be interested in trying, and. People have some of those conversations in the first few months of a relationship, but I think sometimes it is so focused on on penetrative sex because that's all we know, you know, P and B. Um, I think um, starting to talk about those are the things that excite you. Those are the things that make you feel really safe and comfortable. Um, you know, I believe there's such a beautiful conversation that can come out of that for people who are new in relationships. Um so I think just just maybe tackling the their belief systems, right? You know, somebody might be more liberated or, or open. Maybe they didn't have a religious background, whereas someone who has a religious background, um, they might want to hold off or wait for marriage or whatever that thing is. I think that is the time to start talking about it, you know, and being non-judgmental. You know, I think we we are judge. You know, I think we came from that judgmental background where. You know, if this person is having sex with more than one person or if this person has had multiple boyfriends, those are things that we we judge people on, which is, you know, I don't think it's it's fair. People yeah. have a right to their relationships and their interests. Yeah, so I think yes. it's just talking about beliefs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, somewhere along the way, we have made getting to know people and relationships so transactional. Yeah. that we don't even really talk about that stuff anymore. Like, it's all about how much money you make and what where do you work and, you yeah. know, like... Or what I can get what, out of the relationship. Yeah, what you drive, mm-hmm. you know. 
where do you live? You know, you have a nice house, apartment, this kind of yeah. thing. But the simple joy of just getting to know somebody. So like, you know, what, what, where, where are you ticklish? Like, you know, like, you know, fun yeah. questions, like, like, you know, simple things like that. Like people in relationships and they don't even know that about each other. Like, you know, why are you ticklish? Like, you know, yeah. like, do you like kissing? Like, you know, it's like simple things used to ask mm-hmm. each other all up to like, 4 a.m. in the morning on the phone on your your parents' phone, you know, run up yeah. the bill like you know everybody. Yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah, exactly, exactly. Windows Messenger, you know, it's like the more access to each other we've gotten, like the less we ask these questions. Yeah. Like, so yeah, you know, just go back to you know being being young and like you know and just curious, simple yeah. questions. Yeah, curious. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the curiosity. Mm-hmm. Bring the curiosity back. And from what I'm hearing, from what you're saying is. Sexual compatibility is the last thing we look at. That's what it is. Mm. That's the last thing. And that's what causes a lot of issues in relationships. Yeah. Yes. So that was going to be my next question to you. So um, I guess like not to go into like that thing but i guess it's a conversation of like mutual desire and mm-hmm. um also kind of what we were talking about versus like um when it comes to initiation yes mm-hmm. um also um things relating to like janice can you break down the whole concept of what it means to be freaky you know and what <laughs> um <laughs> Like I, I mean, that's how, how that is right like toxic or non-toxic, like perception of like quote unquote freakiness, you know, mm-hmm. like I, like those were the things kind of coming coming up, right? Yeah. But I mean, is that fair, right? And if so, like, should like how early and in what ways do you start assessing sexual compatibility, right? Like, mm-hmm. d- like do you start? And and is it only after you have, as you say, penetrative sex that you you start assessing, you know, sexual compatibility? Yeah, and I, I think those are conversations that I I really want people to start having earlier on because even as you talk about that, it seems like we didn't know where we were on that. Like, you know, how many times a week do I I need this to feel good um, compared to what your partner would like? And I don't think. Um, you know, sexual addiction is something that has been debunked because different persons have different um, sensation-seeking levels. Um, and you have to consider that maybe for me, I, I really need a lot of that. I really need to to have sex a few times a week, maybe more than twice or, you know, and, and some persons might be good with having sex twice a month or, and those are things that you want to make sure. And also figuring out what is your definition of sex, because it cannot just be penetration. It cannot just uh, be, or, you know, so figuring out what that yes. would look like. So maybe you don't have penetrative sex every single day, but there are some days when it's just maybe an oral or some days you try something else, you know. So I think broadening for couples, broadening what that looks like. You know, there could be some clitoral stimulation. There could be some fingering. Um, you know, there can be, there's so many things, you know. And I think having a, a really nice menu, right, of activities. I was just about to say a menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, menu of activities. So you don't feel restricted to, if we're not doing penetrative, then then my needs are not being met. You don't right. have to get the same meal every day. Exactly. <laughs> I'll Google Sheets. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Go a raffle, a raffle ticket. Yeah, yeah, randomize. Right, spin the wheel, spin the wheel. Yeah, randomize. Your lucky number today is seven. <laughs> seven is heaven. No, but y'all laugh, but you know, that could be what some relationships need. Like, spice mm-hmm. it up, you know, mm-hmm. add some excitement. Make mm-hmm. it fun. Yeah, so I guess, um, Janice, what are, like, I guess tips that you have or that you advise people to like spice things up especially if they're in like a sexual rut rut of sorts yeah so the first thing i'm gonna say and i know a lot of people i get so much you know men give me so much side eye for that scheduling sex people who schedule sex have more sex because they have it scheduled and they're having spontaneous sex but if you rely on spontaneity for your sex you're probably having less sex Make that Google Calendar invite. First of all. (laughs) Yeah, and it's real. It's real because if you count on whenever someone is really like hyper in in the mood, you probably won't get that a lot, right? So I think scheduling sex and I think a healthy amount and and most experts would agree that um, twice a week, sensual activities. So maybe you can have some penetrative sex, but you can have something else that is not penetrative, but still a fun time. We both share pleasure. Um, so I think that's a good place to start. And of course, adding a menu of activities so you can pick and choose what you want to do, uh, have surprises, right? Um, and I think sometimes we limit sex to the bedroom, but there are lots of other places um, you can do sex legally <laughs> without getting in trouble. <laughs> Um, around your house, in your house, you know, outdoors, whatever. Um, but I think um, those things are great to explore. But most of all, you want to make sure you're in tune with your partner's body. Um, explore more. Be more curious, you know. Touch more. Ask questions. Feel more. Okay. Um, yeah. I will um, expose myself and definitely speak up to the calendar invite vibe right yeah. because i live and die by my calendar and <laughs> you laugh and one day it's he he, he surprised me. me and he put like a f- like funny little calendar invite like lunchtime snack winky face you know oh, like kind of a, i was like accept you know <laughs> But then it, it got me like excited that he was even you know like trying and doing something different so mm-hmm. it's like you don't have to schedule it in a boring kind of way yes. or in a predictable kind of way like you can call it you know whatever or you can even like mess around with the times right so it's mm-hmm. like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 20, you know, whatever. Block off the calendar for four hours, you know, two yeah. Saturdays from now. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I think more um, men should, you know, have more fun with it like that. Yeah, but I mean, and that's the thing, like, also like with the thing of women taking charge too you know like you do it too but like maybe don't Mm -hmm. be like domineering about it right but Mm -hmm. like kind of keep that fun um you know spontaneous like energy um around it so um i have a question for you janice in Mm -hmm. in your time practicing and doing sex therapy do you see yourself do you find yourself seeing more men or more women or is it like an equal distribution just just out of curiosity it really does feel equal um okay yeah yeah because you know once because usually 
once I share that I have training in sex therapy, um, people feel more comfortable sharing those issues with me. Um, but I feel like it's equal. You know, I get yeah. women who are completely open and I do see clients on the LGBTQ spectrum. Um, okay. And I do feel like they're more open with me about um, sexuality. Sometimes I get the full play by play. And I mean, it's, it's fun to <laughs> that people trust you with that. Um yeah, I, I feel like it's mixed, um, but it, it's it's pretty uh, much on the same level. Yeah, because I yeah. ask because I know we as men, I know sometimes you know we have this whole you know machismo, your ego mm-hmm. about us, and we don't necessarily want to seek help from yeah. someone. So that that was why I asked. You know, just yeah. curious. And with the platform, I get more messages from men though. Like men would be like, oh. "Yes, that's an interesting topic. That's something that I am. You know, I want to learn more about." You know, about okay. maybe communicating because it really falls back to to communication. And I think um, a lot of men know that. You know, and, and men would really invest in their sex lives if that's if if, if I can just you say know, that up the game. <laughs> yeah, men are really women might you know they might double you know they might not want to come out straight ahead and say hey this is something I'm struggling with, but men are pretty open. Okay, mm-hmm. so um we we ask. Somebody, a, a listener asked, right? Okay. They want to know, does having other people's sex-related problems affect yours in any way? No. Okay. No. Mm-mm. Janice can, you know, she can compartmentalize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I not stress something as a therapist or counselor. You have to be able that to do. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, it doesn't affect mine. I mean, a lot of us are interested in different things. So I might hear something that I have no interest in. But like I said, you don't yuck somebody else's yum. And, um, <laughs> you know, you, 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 know you, you just take it as, as what it is for that person. Has, has a client ever, like, shocked you? Like, you've just heard what they had to say and you've just done. <laughs> Not even I'm that tricky. Like. <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I'm probably not, you know, one thing actually kind of moves me a little. I mean, I just did uh, a study on sex with animals, right? People do that in some countries. So that, I think that, that moved me a little, but I, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So like in uh, countries like Colombia, uh, there's this ritual where when a boy is coming of age, um, he has to, and this is a certain tribe, so I know I'm not generalizing. Um, you would have sex with a donkey to help your penis grow. Um, and that is something acceptable. And I actually saw this video where this little boy was sharing how he did it. And anywhere from seven and up, they would go out into the, they would go out and, and do those practices um, with the donkey. But that was something that moved me. But, you know, I, for me, as long as there is consent, there is there is no abuse. Um, whatever people choose to do in their sex lives, um, you know, I, I think sex should be fun and exciting and awkward and all those things. And yes. people should enjoy that. You know? Yes, I don't think we enjoy it enough. I agree. Yeah. Make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> do you find clients... Um, or patients, sorry, more willing or, or open to bring their partner into the sessions with you? Or, or is that, do they try to like keep the, the, the significant other out of it? So I think it depends on what's happening um, in, in the relationship dynamic. So if it's just, um, 
you know, and obviously sometimes it's a relational issue, but I mostly see individuals right now. So usually I would provide activities that they can both do together and they would bring feedback. Um, so that's my approach to it right now because I'm mostly seeing individuals, but I do plan to see more um, partners. You know, I want to be open to people who are in non-monogamous relationships so they can bring in their partners if they wanted to um, work on those those dynamics. Um, I, you know, I know you're talking about like a lot of positive, you know, kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, but I, I have a couple of things running through my mind that yeah. I'm trying to see, like, are we going to stick to an hour? Are we going to push the boundaries? <laughs> but, um, I guess kind of, you know, in a Caribbean context, right? Like, okay. um. I'm just going to say a couple words, right? Mm-hmm. Threesomes, um, infidelity, um, open relationships, open relationships <laughs> um, um, what do you call it? Like um, polyamorous. Yeah, um, but also just like exploring, like even with other genders, right? Like no, but like, like just kind of like even exploring like sexual identity kind of thing. So like. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's the correct term, but I guess even just having a threesome, right? It puts you with potentially even somebody of the same sex as you, right? But that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you go that way. But like mm-hmm. even like you know, having experiences to even like explore if you're, you know, attracted or if that's for you, you know, kind of mm-hmm. vibe. So I'm just gonna drop that all day. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know where we are with that right now, although I did hear about the news article where the guy uh, with many, many, uh, he had two girlfriends or two wives, I can't remember. Two girlfriends. Two girlfriends. Two girlfriends. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where we are with that, but what I know is these things have been happening for for decades, right? Um, we tend to be more forgiving when someone has cheated, and um, when someone has stepped out of their relationship, which is very common, I feel like, in, in our society. Um, and I was just saying that uh, on another podcast that it's so common to, to grow up and, and learn that you have a brother over there or sister over there. And um, it seems like it's just, it's so relaxed, right? But if you came in and you'd be like, hey, I'm in this relationship dynamic, we have discussed and agreed on these terms and conditions, um, maybe when I'm outside of the country, I am with this person. When I'm home, I'm with this person. People really struggle with understanding how people can come to these terms. But yet still, if they if they decide to cheat, that should be, I'm not saying automatically forgiven, because I mean, there are certain people that would say, no, if you cheat, that's a deal breaker. But it seems like we we have some really flawed thoughts on, on how we, we go about these things. and. You know, I am an advocate for if if you feel like you thrive in an open relationship, do that. Just make sure you're not hurting anyone. Make sure you're mm-hmm. having agreements. You have contracts. You have, you know, mm-hmm. you understand what is off limits, you know, because, yeah, people do still cheat in, in open relationships. So maybe you might decide, and I do work with clients who are in those relationships. Maybe you might decide, well, you don't mess with anyone who goes to who's a parent at our children's school or nobody from that church or no one from your workplace. 
So there are a lot of dynamics and things to consider, but you are making an agreement that you both feel comfortable with. So that's just my take on that. I think I wish that people were having more conversations about what they really want their relationships to look like. Some people really struggle with monogamy, and we know that. We know that. Some people really struggle (laughs) with being in a monogamous relationship. And I want those people to be open about that. Like, hey, I really struggle with that. This is what I need to Mm. feel really balanced. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I need to have multiple people that I talk with, even if it's a non-sexual um, right. sense, um, or I just like going on random dates or, mm. you know, you want freedom to, and, and also in monogamy, I feel like for a lot of us, you cannot have guy friends or you cannot have girlfriends. And I think when you mm-hmm. start being so rigid, it really makes it more of a, a one-two, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it maybe makes it more like oppressive, right? Yes, yes. For that person, mm-hmm. um, and that's not everybody, like, right? That's just some people. Yeah, because I mean, even kind of as you were talking about it, it that's what was coming up for me as well, like the communication, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it was like, huh, like would they would there be like less infidelity if there were more like conversations even about like having mm-hmm. a threesome or having like some level of openness or, mm-hmm. or you know something like that because even if you maybe you don't want to have an open relationship maybe like the occasional threesome or something like that is your yeah. way to and meet some somebody halfway yeah. you know mm-hmm. and even out here there are like um sex parties dungeons uh, I'm not saying that I have done that, but you know, people have those <laughs> options if they want to, yeah. if they want to explore um, something different, right? Uh, Danny, you want them would... to lock you up and for me to keep it. You don't think they have um dungeons and yeah, no, but what I'm saying, like, when I think about it, like this, this stuff is like open, like openly happening mm-hmm. to the point that you can google it and they say, Oh, this club. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> in the Caribbean, these things happen like under the the, the dead of night. I, I think we in the Caribbean we just slow to adapt, but it will come. I remember going to primary we school slow and to be open. You mean? And no, um, no girl could sit down upon me head if a girl tried that. She did. Yeah, you know that was a song. Like, and now look at us. Everybody's openly talking about eating, um vagina and, and booty <laughs> and everything under the sun mm-hmm. so i i think it'll take some time but i think eventually the people who who get and guard the morality of the sex morality and police. yeah 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 those people like i think just because we're so closely tied to church in our culture that yes. it's harder to shake off whereas in the u.s everybody's just like well a dollar is a dollar like we tied we tied to to church and that wo- and whatnot, but like guys, they were having sex in the Bible, you know. <laughs> a man had eight hundred wives, no? Right. Yeah. Like Mary was the only one who had a miracle baby. Like they were having sex in the Bible, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like anyway. Let me not go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. That is a really. Yeah. It's a. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I th- I think more over than not, we're very concerned about how things look. Yeah. And because that would look a certain way, I, I promise you the people who are most upset about it are probably the people who are most curious 
about it as well. Yeah. yeah. In in yeah. a in a turn of events. That's what people are Yes. I and really hate to see that, you know, but I wonder how it is. And that's why there's a, a research done uh, recently that was, you know, comparing conservatives and, and Democrats and, and who watches porn more. And it was mm. people who are conservative because because they're still feel so restricted. They, mm. they have desires and fantasies that they maybe explore when they look at porn or these other things, these other, you know, other things. Yeah, I um, mean- I I remember (laughs) being in a Bible study like group in college. It was a all girls um, Bible study, and there was one girl who, you know, came from a more like conservative upbringing, and you know, like super Christian, whatever. And she confessed to everybody one day, like bawling, crying, you know, that kind of thing. That she watches porn. That she that she watches gay porn. Right. And and that was like something that, um, you know, like, I don't know why I do it, but or like almost like saying as if, you know, she don't know if she's addicted or whatever. But like essentially, you know, also like beating herself up for it and, you know, like asking everybody to pray for her and, and all of that. And, you know, like no judgment, whatever. Right. I but like to, to me, I was kind of like, well, sis, if you like gay porn, you like gay porn, you like, know, it is like, what it is. like but, that's what you like. Yeah. <laughs> but I think her upbringing and environment put it in mm. her that it was so wrong yeah. and that being gay was wrong because she's a girl watching two guys. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that's wrong. So why am I doing this? And why do I like this? And you know, all of that. And I mean, it was very brave for her to, expose that to a wider group and it was something that was that i mean one she felt conflicted but two it was heavy on her heart and you know all of that as well but these are the kind of things that people grapple with based on environment Mm -hmm. expectations um society you know all all of that right like Mm -hmm. it's like yeah, you know, we can talk sexual liberation all day, but like a part of that liberation involves like denouncing a part of the society or environment that, yeah. you know, doesn't serve mm-hmm. that, right? Like it's, it's picking which one is the the greater priority, right, yeah. for, for you. Um, Janice, I wanted to touch on one more thing because mm-hmm. I feel like, unless the guys have other questions, but I feel like mm-hmm. it would be a miss to talk about, you know, have a sex therapist on, talk about sex, sexuality, and not talk about sexual trauma. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, I'm sure, and, you know, you could maybe inform us that, you know, sexual trauma takes all shapes, sizes, forms, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the sexual trauma, I guess, that people are conscious of and the others that are, you know, subconscious yeah. based on childhood experiences that yeah. they don't even know, you know, were having um, an effect on them, right? So mm-hmm. I guess, um, can we just kind of explore, you know, sexual trauma, even, you know, one, for somebody who may have it, you know, how to 
heal and start that journey of yeah. healing and two you know recognize that they have it. i recognize that they have it and two you know for partners um of those people yes. right like how can you be supportive they be more and open and supportive yeah yeah so i think you know sexual trauma can take you know a few forms it can be physical it can be emotional um you know some people were beaten or you know abused if you want to look at it from the american lens um um for even talking to boys or even you know thinking about sex or even looking at themselves naked i don't know but um i think acknowledging that it can take two forms and um finding ways to deal with it you know i i hate to say I hate to just say therapy because I know that is a privilege and not everyone has access to therapy. Um, but I think talking about it um, with people who, people who support you, people who care about you, because I know some people you can, they can share that with someone and that be minimized. I've seen clients who talked about sexual assault with their parents and they've been told, um, why were you there? Or, you know, you wanted it, right? Or you asking for it. Um, so all of that causes trauma. But I really advocate for um, those persons who, who have experienced trauma um, to find ways, whether it's through reading books, whether it's through talking to your elder or whatever at your church, um, to start dealing with that because it does show up in relationships. And when we talk about women and men, you know, who might have um, struggled with um, arousal and, and desire and um, just the attitudes towards sex, sometimes that is what is pulling them back. Um, for a woman, sometimes, and you, it can go both ways, right? You can have a traumatic experience and still want to feel, um, you know, st- and, and it shows up in BDSM and King sometimes where people want to relive that story. All right. Or they want to dominate, like maybe it's a rape scene or whatever. Um, they want to be the, the dominating one in, in that scenario. Um, you know, and people deal with it in so many different ways. So I cannot even say there is a one way to deal with it, but I think acknowledging it and, and getting help, you know, that could be intense therapy that could be, um, just finding ways to have a sexual relationship with someone and have them understand what triggers you. Maybe if you don't want to be, um, you don't want that, you don't want that person to be rough with you in a certain way or mm-hmm. speak to you in a certain tone or touch you in a certain place. Um, I think making sure that you have those conversations. And I think oftentimes it takes years. Some people go into a relationship with sexual trauma and it takes years for them to actually tell their partners um, and I know it takes trust, right? You want to feel mm-hmm. safe enough to share that, um, but hopefully get into a place where you are comfortable talking about it so that you can feel safe in your relationship. That was um, a great kind of, you know, overview and, yeah. and advice, I think. Because yeah, um, everyone will deal with it differently. And some people don't even want to talk about it. I've met talk clients about who it, like... Yeah. Yeah, that happened. I'm a bird, like, you know, and then you have clients who are really stuck in that place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you find that some people are more resilient than, than others. Yeah. Um, guys, any more questions um, for Janice? Well, I, because y'all brought up earlier, just in passing, y'all mentioned porn. 
So, like, that would be my question. <laughs> Tressman, I want to talk more about porn. <laughs> That's okay. No, well, um, well, uh, his nickname in in school was porn star. That's why. Hey, hey, oh, really? Yeah. Let's, let's not bring that up. All right. <laughs> um, but how often do you see that being an issue that you have to deal with, um, with clients? I guess, like you know, like how big of an issue do you think that is in in clients? that you deal with or just on a whole porn yeah i i don't think that has come up a lot lately um the one time i have had to really maybe dissect it uh, dissect it a little was um you know i had this older and i think sometimes we don't think about the elderly population when we think about porn but i had an older male client who really struggled with it and it's because he his relationship dynamics had changed um you know, for women, our, you know, we, our bodies change, right? Um, so that's kind of where he got his, his, his satisfaction or his stimulation from. Um, but I haven't seen it in a, in a, in a way that it's been problematic. Um, I have had some parents brought um, some kids in because they maybe stumble across it and they're watching it. Um, but we, we talk about it. We talk about, um, you know, what sex is and, you know, why we need to be careful with, with media when, you know, around sex and how much trouble we can get into with that. Um, but I haven't seen it in a sense where it was like a super addiction and someone couldn't stop doing it because it becomes an addiction when it, when it, when you, when it interferes with your work, your life, yeah. you, you start beasting work to do that or <laughs> you're doing it at work. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, I think it's not only when it becomes I, porn can be a problem. Not only when it's an addiction, but also it it can conditions people's minds to expect, what to expect. yeah, mm-hmm. to view sex in a certain way and expect have unrealistic expectations of sex. So that's, that's why I asked that question. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, people will will see porn and oh, they having sex for three hours, four hours and. Yeah. and, and you know, and they believe like that's let, what it's supposed to be. Let me tell you a little story about <laughs> me watching porn, right? Especially like people having sex in a vehicle and then me trying it for the first time and it was not as smooth as they make it seem. Right? <laughs> yeah, because you don't have a you don't have a whole producing team. <laughs> I was like, how do they find so much space in the back of a car? Like, this is Jesus. Now you say, Daddy, you say it, and, and I remember it. it. It was exactly, it's like, yo, like. You have to put the seat like, down. Somebody the swings their foot. They hit you in the mouth. It's like, oh, boy. This is, this is not <laughs> how it know, went in the movie. You trying to do this in this tight space, and, and it's like. and it's like, I didn't manage like, this? It didn't look so hot. Yeah, they were not sweating. Yeah, sweating like this. Like, was they, the vehicle they, on? Was the AC on high? Like, what, what was? <laughs> they were gently misted by the productionist. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you see, because people don't see all that. There is someone passing the loop. There is someone doing this. Someone doing that, and all that is on on camera. So we don't often see the behind the scenes. Um, and some of those men, you know, they they have to take pills and stuff to to maintain that erection for however long. Um, but yes, you know, porn could be 
there is ethical porn, right? There is porn where women are treated with respect and there's ethical porn. There's porn by women, right? Women owned companies. Um, and that's what we, we try for people who need porn for the stimulation. We try to push them towards ethical, ethical porn. porn. Yes. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, ethical porn. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, when an ask, ask what, what is the different? What? Yeah. That, that's what it's like. Yeah. So, so women are treated with respect. They're paid well. They, you know, they're more, there are healthier dynamics going on, right? There is no abuse. There is porn where, um, I guess a lot of free porn where sometimes some people rights are violated or they're having to they're forced to do things they don't want to do, you know. So mm-hmm. there is that that issue, and I think you see that more with um, industries, where, well, companies that are like run by uh, male males. Um, but yeah, so porn can be good and bad, you know. The thing about it is because we don't have comprehensive sex education, people look to pornography as, oh, okay, so this is what I do, then this is, you know, this is the script or whatever they want to use it for. Um, but the danger comes in when you expect that to be what happens in real life. You're not connected yeah, with plumber, your partner. The plumber is not going to have sex with you after fixing this thing. <laughs> Right, right. This is not the transaction. Yeah, the, the pizza guy doesn't have a hole in the box. Yeah, and the pool guy is not going to like stop yeah. the pool. The cable yeah. guy, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 While yeah, you clear the pool, the owner of the house is not going to come out naked. And, yeah. yeah, and the pizza box doesn't have a hole in the center, you know. <laughs> Although I've been looking for pizza boxes like that. Wow. <laughs> deliv- you, you have a special something? delivery? Special oh, yeah. Delivery? Oh, yeah. We're going to recreate the scene. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, it could be... That's why it could be good and bad. Because, I mean, you can draw inspiration from, from that. If you were into role-playing and you wanted to do something cute like that for you and your partner. But I think the danger comes the fact... The danger comes... Uh, from the fact that we don't have comprehensive sex ed. So a lot of teenagers look to that for what sex should look like, right? Yeah, and, um, that's very true. That, that The way I look at it now is like... It should be entertainment. Like a Marvel mo- yeah, exactly, like yeah. a Marvel movie. Like, I don't expect myself to be able to turn into a large man or to wield a hammer from a multiverse. Like, you know, like... I know where the limits of reality lie. Right. So this is just entertainment. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's entertainment. Yeah. But, but yeah, there is, there's so much on that topic. That's a whole other <laughs> yep. episode because there's a lot about religion and, and all the things, you know, the history I, of that. Yeah. I posted a link. What do you think of that site? Oh, in, in the oh, Zen, Zen cast chat. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. Oh, wow. Did Adani just teach you something? <laughs> Open her to, to something out. new. I Open think there was, um, so, so I guess for the listeners, it's how to test your kink levels, BDSM kink. Um, there's, some, there's some that I've seen in my program um, about that. Um, but I haven't seen that one in particular. But I think it's 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 good for people to to do that, especially for couples to see where their limits are, you know, what they're willing to to try, right? But if things are good, and then you take that quiz, and then you realize you all are like totally different, but you'll have already found like a happy medium. You just mm-hmm. leave it at the happy medium, right? I mean, you can always 
start to explore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I, I, I don't know if sex should be the same way every time. Exactly. You know, you it, know it, <laughs> it becomes more of a routine, like a, like a, a, a job. Yeah. Like you wake up at, at six, you brush your teeth, you, you eat breakfast, <laughs> go to work. Like, <laughs> like you know, the, the sex version would be you come home, mm-hmm. you know, you take a shower, you jump on the bed, open your legs, you know, <laughs> slip oh inside. <laughs> wow, we're making sound so transactional, <laughs> right? Like, 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 yeah. yeah, so we can do this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> assessments like this can only add on to to right. what's already happening, you know. Well, and it's education, it's right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. Yeah. It's like a personality test, right? Well, like learning yeah. more about you know, yourself. Sometimes you're taking those tests and it asks a question about something you knew nothing ne- about. And now you intre- you never thought of. So now it's like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe we should mm-hmm. try this. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I like those, you know. And anything that makes the experience. Imagine how long you're going to be in your, your monogamous relationship. I mean, it, it has to... It has to have some spontaneity and some That's fun and... You know, there might be periods where sex might not be a thing and there might be periods where, you know, you reinvent what that looks like because we all go through cycles, you know, and a lot of things affect sex like grief and and loss mm-hmm. and, you know, all the things that could happen, right. having kids or losing kids. Um, so I think it's, um, it's something that evolves over time. I, I don't know if I speak for all men, but I find I am at my most... Um, sexual when i am very comfortable in life like yeah i'm not worried about like external stress of like that job is real. And work mm-hmm. and when you when i'm making money yes yes, <laughs> yes. yeah yes someone said that recently like, the money in your bank account on your savings really changes the, oh, yes. your relationship <laughs> with <laughs> sex yeah. for real for real for men yeah and women it's like the, the full moon that you know like when that um, direct deposited. That's when I'm like, oh. come here. <laughs> <laughs> I just got paid. <laughs> oh, so that's why the yeah. energy at Menfen is always the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and that goes back to uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Because mm. if you feel like that lower um, level, you know, your physiological needs, food, shelter, clothing, all that is met, then you're more comfortable. Um, you know, going up the ladder and, and feeling good about yeah. what you're doing. No, I, I mean, now that Danny brought this up, like if like just being open and candid, like I remember when I had like just graduated from grad school and like I'm searching for a job, like I wasn't really feeling myself at that point because like I was so focused on mm-hmm. I need to get a job, like it's it's and then like I got the job and like it like everything like i felt like a wizard of my true life felt different yeah. like i was making money now so you know you feel yeah more i totally like, understand what myself. you say yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah. I, when i first true. came back down yeah i was like mm-hmm. oh uh, i'm brokey brokey broke so yeah, <laughs> not even gonna do much right now you know can't even yeah. take anybody on a date or anything like you know but once things started organizing and falling into places like almost like like when your chakra aligns, like the planets align, and your sex drive is just yeah, 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 let's go. And for some people, they actually need more. They need more um, connection and sex, maybe during those times. But for others, and I think women should be paying attention to that because you know a man, based on where he is, like as you just talked about, where he is professional wise or financially. 
um, that really affects how much he can really give a relationship, you know? Yeah. So I, I straight up told Vernon the other day, I was like, um, you need to find another way to make money because if it ends up that you end up not having a job or whatever in the future, we're not going through that again. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, find your side hustle, start your business, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Do it now because I mean, just the whole like effect that time had on his whole like yeah. essence, his energy, like mm-hmm. it was just like, we're not trying to do this again <laughs> yeah I, as a man trust me I, I totally understand in fact as Vernon's best friend I understand as well again like it's just it's not even that you thinking about it actively it's just weighing at the back of your mind yeah, so right? heavy it's just like, there like you can literally be like just playing video games all the time and you're not even thinking about it because you just want to forget about it and then like something random will just bring it up like you see a sale why can't even afford that? <laughs> yes, you're triggered. <laughs> yeah. And that's so real. That is that is so real. And I think we have to pay attention to those cycles in our relationships. Because, mm. yeah, it's going to go through that. I mean, mm. people even feel that way when they're trying to have a baby. And they're, you know, like, there's so many mm. factors. So just being open and having those conversations and being honest with your partner when you're going through that. Yeah. Um. So, oh, I have one more question. Just, <laughs> just one more question. What advice would you give to someone who, I guess, is new to sex? They just start having sex. Mm. Ah, be curious, right? But okay, first, okay. but first, I would say your sexuality begins with yourself, right? Mm. So figure out what arouses you, what excites you, what what might not excite you. Um, They talked about it, um, brakes and accelerators. So figure out what really, what, where you fall in that, right? Um, Also figure out what you like in terms of touch, you know? So I do advocate for self-exploration, AKA self-pleasure, AKA masturbation. Um, (laughs) You know, being, being in touch with your body, um, I think that is a good place to start. And that way, when you start connecting with your partner, you can ask those same questions and ask them what they like or what are their, their fantasies and all those fun things, right? Um, yeah, but I think it's that's... What you like. Yeah, yeah. You know, and hopefully having a partner who is, is open-minded and wouldn't think that's weird, um, <laughs> right? Um, but I really think it starts with you and, and being comfortable with your body. Mm-hmm. And and doing the work. So f- there's so many amazing books on sex and sexuality um, because we don't get it from our parents or the church. I think it's on you to educate yourself. It's on you to um, find those platforms where you can learn more about your sexuality and your sensual self. Uh, as you see books, I um, I found a treasure trove of mm-hmm. books at this um, store. Yeah, I like somebody was just giving away a box of books at a local store, and I found it was like a box of like twelve to sixteen, just like books about sexual stories. Wow! Yeah, it was really eye opening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and for women, because um, I, I kind of I kind of responded to it as if it was a, a male um, reading erotica. Right, mm. uh, finding those books that you know can help you connect with your own 
sexuality. There's even erotic um, audio porn, right? There's like stories. Um, I actually mm. came across it on Spotify a while back. I was looking for like other podcasts on sexuality and that came up. Um, there are things you can be doing in private that can, can help you get to that place of desire and arousal. Um, even while you're abstaining, right? I mean, if you plan to be married or whatever, because I know for some people that is still big. Um, those are things you can start doing to activate, you know, your sexuality. I would like to put out a, you know, feel anybody looking for a Caribbean male accent for the sexual voiceover. Just let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Offer your services. Yeah. Yeah. Voiceovers. That's a, that's a big thing. You should look into that too. (laughs) (laughs) That's an industry that is always hiring. I can be the Rasta on the beach, yeah, man. Come with me, and I can be regular Caribbean guy. You know, multitude of Caribbean voices. Yeah. Um, remember, guys, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> but I also want to uh, share some books. So for people who yeah. are really struggling, yes. um, uh, there is "Come as You Are" by Emily Nagotsky. Um, there is "Mating in Captivity." Um, there is "Pleasure Activism." Uh, she comes first is a is a really good one. Um, let me see. I'm going to see what I have. And for parents, uh, there is this one on sex positive talks to have with kids. It's by this company, um, Sex Positive Families. So those are just a few. I'm just looking at my bookshelf to see what I have. Um, but those are just a few, and I I, and I want people be to those books, those links to those books in the. Yes, in the show notes. Yeah. So, yeah, those are some places people can start. Because we're not getting it anywhere else, we have Mm -hmm. to do it for ourselves. We have to find avenues. And for women who are, um, you know, maybe in this stage of life, I like um, Bad Girls Bible. I don't know if you all know of that website, but it is amazing for, if you want to spice things up, um, there's so many tips on not just not just penetrative stuff, but like dirty talking, crazy kink, um, just small things you can start with that is not um, maybe not going to be <laughs> too intimidating. Um, there are lots of guides on like sex positions, um, some things on orgasm if you struggle to have a, an orgasm. And they also have a podcast, so it's the Battles Bible. Okay. Um, so guys y'all heard it from Janice right instead of focusing on putting in the work put in the work yes (laughs) love that (laughs) um on that note, guys. Thank it, you so much, yes, Janice. Thank you, Janice. This yes, thank a you. Really fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel yeah. like you'll probably be back on the podcast. So <laughs> Yes. Uh, please, if you're listening, please go ahead and follow Janice at her sexual space podcast and find her um on your podcast platforms at yes. her spe- sexual space. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, on that episode, on that note, guys, it's been another episode of the Caribbean Millennials podcast.